Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is your host, Naziati Muhammad Yaakob of Talk Architecture Podcast. Today's episode is on the topic of architecture and reality. Okay, reality means the state of things as they actually exist as opposed to an idealistic or notional idea of them. Two, the state or quality of having existence or substance. So the core word is exist slash existence, meaning you can tangibly or verify it happens in real life via communication or interaction or action. But of course, reality can be inside someone's mind and not known to others as it exists in someone's mind, hence his or her or their action. That's the question. When do reality starts? Is it when you think it in your mind and then action it? It cannot just be in the mind, or can it? Maybe there is a better explanation of reality, but one thing for sure, it's to do with the mind. The conscious or the self-conscious mind, it does not matter. If I live it, believe it, and take it into heart, it's my reality, the state or quality of who I believe I am, of my existence and substance. If I allow this to be doubted by me, then this will undeniably sh- shake up my reality. So as the definitions say, dreams or notion of an idea is different than reality. So I may have an idea and a belief, but the reality has not happened. This is a crucial point where in everyday life we have uh, this Notion of an idea and dreams or visions or whatever in our head. But if it doesn't happen yet, then it's not reality. It's just a belief. So we are in between this reality and dreams. In much of our everyday life, thinking through our lives, whether in to do with our work or our personal life and What I'm trying to say is, in architecture, going back to architecture and being an architect or a designer, we do we have enough dreams? Because dreams are the food of reality. I mean, it it creates things. Do we have enough dreams in the sense that they are ideas that we dwell upon in our head and translate it to real tangible things? Now... Is it important mentally for an architect or designer to actually have these dreams? Because we pigeonhole ourselves or compartmentalize ourselves. Okay, you did, you are, I mean, in many architecture companies, not necessarily all. Okay, you are um, in charge of design, in charge of maybe dreaming a bit. And you are in charge of taking that dream which is drawn on paper or drawn in a computer and and translate it into a built form. So there's a there's no flow, so much of a flow that's going on 
uh, because uh, you have to have a synergy between the designer and the contract implementation stage. Does it really work? So, of course, communication, you mentioned about communication um, being very important in this respect to, um, uh, to get that dream realized on paper. Now, this could be far off. This topic could be far off from your mundane day-to-day job and how you have to deal because there is instructions from above or you have to deal with the instructions and there is no time to dream. But the, the point is, when you think about the cost effectiveness of dreaming a little or allowing people to dream or brainstorm more or working on the schematic better, you will save more time later because it, the dream what is it? Is it a blurred dream? Is it a dream that is, um, you know, dreams can be very detailed. Even in your personal life, in your personal uh, issues or not architectural, you know, uh, things to do with life, anything else. Um, there is that subconscious of yours that could just come out and and it could be very detailed. So it is also similar when you think about architecture. It's just that, um, where are you going to start from? Is it empathy? Is it, um, is it, because when is empathy, when you start having a role play in your mind in terms of, well, role play is the best word I can come up with at the moment, but you empathize with the user. For example, I'm going to see through the eyes of my client, or I'm going to see through the eyes, you know, depending on the best is the user because the client may not, maybe um, sort of doesn't have much emotional investment with uh, what's going to happen to the, cl- uh, the clients, sorry, the users of that development. Just say it's an old folks home, right? Is a, or the, uh, a senior retirement home, right? So, um, well, retirement home is doesn't have to put the word senior, but what, you know what I'm trying to get. So there is this idea of an older person. And when someone thinks about an older person, they think about their own parents or, or their own grandparents when they start the project. You know, I've done this before in Universal Design Elective course where the students needed to design, needed to, uh, at first they identify the problems through design, uh, Universal Design Principles or accessibility audits and then there is this like there is some sort of um, a challenge for them to actually empathize so for those who could actually look into into or through the eyes of a user just say the user is someone they know their grandmother or their parents or or some disabled person or something like that um, if they were able to empathize it will be more of a state of flow, a state of getting into the groove of actually trying to design true dreaming, true, true actually looking through from another person's view. It is dreaming in a way because when you dream, you have to go through your subconscious or your intuition. And as a designer, you're going into your subconscious or intuition uh, by empathizing with a particular person with your grandfather. So recalling 
through the problem that you may have had while pushing uh, your grandfather in a wheelchair and all the troubles that you had, that sort of hits you, that sort of connects you to the design, to the design process. Uh, for those students who um, have problems empathizing, but they will have to go and look through their own eyes through a different problem, like somebody was designing a police station or somebody was designing a training center. They have to sort of think about what a police station, uh, sorry, a police person would go through. And if they can't, you know, if that's a, a problem, too much of a challenge to empathize, uh, you know, it's not, maybe, you, you know, you maybe you have this uh, block or a mental block or not really, uh, not fond of, or not really seeing a police, per, a police personnel to be someone you want to empathize with because you may have had um, the impression or feelings that, you know, you're not comfortable with it. You can always perceive from your point of view of yourself going to the police station because it starts, you know, some, there is a time frame for my students doing that course. They had a time frame of, uh, you got to finish your, your, um, design in a couple of weeks. So, you know, and they have other things to cope with. So how, how they're going to get the design on board is, is by starting somewhere. So they start with themselves. They try to imagine themselves going through the spaces. Now, that's why this, this in between dreaming and reality, right? This, this phase or this, you know, oxalating between that and, and, and dealing with it as someone who needs to create a creative energy is needed from, to trans, from your dream state or your subconscious state to the reality of drawing it on paper. Because when you draw, when you draw, this is the thing why it's so magical or why architecture is so brilliant is because it's a very professional thing. and it's, it's like a task to actually visioning or visualizing the concrete built environment that you're going to build later. So that drawing, that's why schools of architecture invest time. The whole idea or the concept of teaching architecture, ed architecture education invests time on drawing, whether or not you... Um, that's another debate that I've debated before, <laughs> whether or not you borrow from other people or you're doing it yourself is something else. Because doing it yourself, that dreaming, that subconscious state of designing and translating it on drawing is very crucial. It's like the meat of it. It is like the secret sauce of what it is to be an architect designer. To do it fast, to come up with something is... You know, when you're in a design team and you come up with something and then the contract implementation team doesn't understand, is how you draw it, how you articulate and communicate that idea as much as you can so that they actually embrace your vision and they can visualize it themselves. That is the crucial task in teamwork or communication between team members. So it may take a lot of challenge and that's why people... 
uh, in many architecture companies that can afford it and have the time to actually do models, do physical models, and appreciate that. And that's why you have the uh, BIM and you have the Revit's because trying to make the software as 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 helpful as possible for you to do your visioning is uh, crucial. And um, and this day of age, there's a lot of two-in-one, three-in-one, you know, not only you can visualize, not only you can vision it, you can also have to master these softwares. And you also need to communicate very well to the all the other consultants and the contractors. So imagine that, that this definition of reality, if you translate it to our um, context, the context of architecture education, and the context of being a designer and architect in practice is, is necessary for us to understand these processes because um, then we can work on how to make AI, artificial intelligence or applications favorable to our uh, work or helping us with, with, uh, the, with getting our work to be more efficient, more productive or better for us to um to have more time to dream to have more time to actually do that part which is really important which we not really investing much time or allowing our staff our practice to um dwell more on the architecture now it's very simple even if you're a commercial company even if you're a developer yeah, that if you allow more time to prepare, you have a better um, a product. So this, you know, some areas like uh, EDO and design thinking, they've been thinking about this uh, part as well. But I'm talking from the point of view of what's happening out there. What I've been studying about architecture practice and how architecture practice could be a better because reading from Joseph Brennan from the medium.com article that I mentioned before architecture practice as a collaborative practice and talking about digitalizing and the importance of still using manual drawings um, and also how to um, get um, uh, parametric design to assist with our uh, design thinking when we're in, in the context of architecture. So I would like to put it out there in this 15-minute um, podcast, um, the idea of, the, of what is reality and how it's translated into our work, uh, understanding reality and understanding also what, how dreams, how how visioning, how, you know, however you like to call it, can affect our productivity and our uh, accomplishment of the everyday. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, do uh, note that I have a course of and an online program for mid-level architects um, who are stuck in the jobs and need to advance in their career and using a program called rediscover your sense of self using the method of creative energy in the 
uh, in the temple of daily life and daily living, which is the architecture work, in the context of working, uh, I have this course for you, and you could always contact me via naziati, N-A-Z-I-A-T-Y, at gmail.com, or you can direct message me at my Instagram, uh, designzasve, D-E-S-I-G-N, Z-A-S-V-E, one word. So I look forward um, to meet new people and to discuss and exchange ideas about how we can make ourselves more productive and yet have a a good work-life balance. So do contact me and I could assist you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Take care. Have a good day.